No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me as always. We're back. NFL's back, so we're back. Summer's over. I hope you enjoyed your Labor Day because it's time to get back to work. Me and Big Nick the Quick, we know NFL Week 1 starts Thursday. Lions at Chiefs down in Kansas City. We're going to talk about our favorite storylines coming into the year. We're going to talk about some sleeper storylines coming this year. What's not being talked about enough? We'll break that down. We'll also talk about some gambling stuff, who we like, make a little bit of money for everybody listening. Then, of course, the biggest story of the weekend, in my opinion, Deion Sanders. We come in Colorado Buffs. Get the W down at TCU. He's talking his shit. We're going to break down what it means, what's going on down in Colorado, how important it is, how much fun it is. And then, of course, we got a little game. We're going to say, what are you doing? What's happening right now? We're going to talk about a couple topics that just seem backwards. We'll break it all down. No catch up. Sports Talk via Chicago. Big Nick the Quick, what's going on? How are we feeling? I saw your message. I'm going to get it sorted. What's going on? What's the business? Man, man, we, we, we're back. We're back. It's been, it's been a while. We, we, we dropped the uh, we did drop the Cubs Sox video just as something to kind of keep everybody, keep everybody with uh, with some content while we were gone. But, you know, we this is kind of the dead time for us the last month or so. Right. Basketball's over. You're in the uh, you're in the depths of training camp. You know, what I mean, we're not we're not necessarily insider guys, so we're not going to come on here and, and break down camp battles for you and let you know right. who fought who. So. You know, obviously, we need a little bit of time to breathe, man. But it's great to be back, man. Had an awesome Labor Day weekend. Went downtown, checked out the AVP Beach Volleyball Tournament. Yo, if you ever get a chance to, I don't know if I you've been before, you. but anybody listening, if you ever get a chance to, Labor Day weekend, they do it at Oak Street Beach. Three-day event. Um, best beach volleyball players in the country. Sick tournament. It's vibes are crazy. Everybody's down there. Um, it was awesome. Wait, but I got to tell you, I got a question for you. So, obviously – um, we're, we're in the, we're in the midst of the premier league season right now. So a lot of people are rocking their jerseys, showing their team pride, um, yeah. for a lot of different soccer clubs around the world. What sure. Jersey do you think I saw the most of in the city? Chelsea. Nope. Not the necessarily Arsenal. a premier, not necessarily a premier league team. The, but Arsenal, one, the best club one, in the world. One Arsenal Jersey. Uh, who, who then? PSG. Without a doubt, I saw more more PSG. Who I was kind of surprised. I saw more PSG than anybody else. Second would have been like Liverpool, but I thought it was kind of crazy. Who kind of stuck, stuck out Who to me? I didn't realize. PSG? I didn't realize there were that many PSG fans out nah. there in the world. But overall, man, it was dope. It was uh, it was hot as shit. But like I said, if you ever get a chance to, definitely check it out, man. Yeah, live sports always, always. It's a fun there. event. It's yeah. a fun event down there. I went a couple years back. I told you it would be solid. It's a it's a good event for sure. Yeah. Let's jump into it, man. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. NFL week one is Thursday. Detroit's at Kansas City, the defending champions. Pat Mahomes only goes to title games or the Super Bowl since he's mm-hmm. come into the league. He is that man. Um, Pat or Nick doesn't think Nick thinks I don't like Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he doesn't mean that. That's a bit tongue <laughs> Which is hilarious. But that that's a whole nother story. But we want to jump into it. 
like Nick said, man, I'm not going to – I'm not a – I watch tons and tons of tape just for betting purposes and going through stuff and breaking down stuff before I hop on shows. But I'm not a big – I'm not going to come on here and give you a bunch of analytics. That's not our vibe. We just want to have conversations about the biggest points coming into the year. In NFL week one, I figured what's what would be better than to talk about our favorite storylines coming into the year and then talk about a sleeper storyline that's just not getting enough attention. Big Nick the Quick, man. Give me your favorite storyline. NFL 2023 season starts Thursday. What are you looking at? Lamar Jackson. I think that, uh, you know, last year, obviously the last couple of years, really tons of noise around that situation. Is he going to get a deal? Is he not going to get a deal? You know, a lot of noise around training camp last year. He's, he's given interviews with boxes of fried chicken. He's clearly checked out. Every single week, story is Lamar. Kind of like the Aaron Aaron Rodgers news cycle right now, right? Like everything was Lamar leading into the last couple of years. So I think that now that that's been cleared up, he got his deal, got a new offensive coordinator and Todd Munkin from Georgia. Um, so hopefully going to try to switch some things up. I think the last dude, look, everybody's acting like the last guy was awful, but Lamar did win an MVP under my man. But um, we've talked about it here before. That offense was very vanilla at times. It seems like they almost didn't trust Lamar to do a lot. Right. Like they were really trying to keep everything simple for him and he executed. But obviously, if you want to win Super Bowls, you got to take it to the next level. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. They got him some new weapons. Uh, I think people are a little bit irrational on OBJ. This is the NFL. If we haven't seen you do anything in two years, you're kind of you're kind of out of the loop for me, um, especially at that position. But we'll see. But also added uh, they added the rookie. What's the guy's name? They're really excited about Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, yeah. Zay Flowers is supposed to be nice. Um, obviously, Mark Andrews. Another back. weapon, wide receiver. Yeah, Zay yeah. is supposed to be super solid. And it's the Baltimore Ravens. You know they're going to play solid defense. Harbaugh's a good coach, but I really just think that, uh, and in that division, which I'd, I'd like to talk about. I mean, I, I think that division is wide open. Um, tons of different interesting storylines there. But yeah, mine is Lamar Jackson, and I feel like uh, this is going to be a huge year for Lamar. I think when we talked about our Super Bowl picks, um, or we talked about in a, in, a, in a group chat, the Ravens are my sleeper. Right. If it's not the Chiefs for me, it's the Ravens. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling feeling very, very, very strong on the Ravens right now. Lamar Jackson. 45 and 16 as the starter is Lamar Jackson when he plays. So when he mm-hmm. plays, he wins. He played 12 games the last two years. They went seven and five and then eight and four. They went eight and four last year. And Lamar Jackson wasn't even interested in being there. Didn't want to be there at all. Like, let's be clear. So when he's out there, he wins. But like you said, I mean, it, the the storyline, you kind of went into the, I guess, the additions and the new weapons. Mark Andrews is awesome. awesome. He's probably, I think for me, this is tough to say. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to think I'm hating on Pat Mahomes again. Yeah, I think Mark Andrews is the best tight end in the, in the that's NFL. Just not, that's false. I understand where you're going, but that's just not true. Because from the amount of attention he gets, I don't <laughs> You know what? I, you know what my thing is on on just. He's overall. really he's really good though. He is. He really, is yeah, he's really he is really good, filthy. Yeah. I think when it comes down to just overall talent yeah. and ability, even even on the run game, he's a better blocker than Travis Kelsey. I don't think I don't, there's nothing that Travis Kelsey does better to me than Mark Andrews. Now Andy Reid puts Travis Kelsey in a lot better positions Yards after than the catch. From the tight end position. Yeah, well, we know well, we know about Travis Kelsey. And every time – I've never seen a guy catch the ball in more space than Travis Kelsey. Well, he's always maybe, open. Yeah. Hey, and maybe the history of the NFL. He's always open. 
He's like uh, he's like the Grant Williams of uh, of football. Some, <laughs> some, some, somehow he's always open. Somehow he's always open, and no one no one wants to guard him. You are the different, Well, the difference between Grant Williams, open. the difference between Grant Williams being open a little uh, <laughs> all the time, does have to do something to do with him not being Grant a Williams? knockdown yeah. shooter like yeah. that. Travis Kelsey makes a massive <laughs> impact, but yeah, always open. I, put it like this: I think this is the best way to put it. If you put Mark Andrews and you swap him for Travis Kelsey, he puts up the same numbers, does the same type of things, and we talk about Mark Andrews just like we talk about Travis Kelsey, in my opinion. I wouldn't go that far, but I think Mark Andrews is an awesome tight end and absolutely in that that top two. What, top what's what's different? I think – You know, just, well, you know what it is, man? You see, you, see Kel- you see Kelsey make more spectacular plays, and I don't know how much of that is a function of the offense, a function of, of, uh, of Patrick Mahomes, whatever you want to say. But I feel like Andrews is more of like this the steady, I'm just eating up yards. It's it's kind of like a, a home run hitting running back versus the guy who's it's Emmett, just, it's Emmett Smith versus Barry Sanders. Exactly. You know what I mean? Some of it looks better when you're watching it, and it doesn't necessarily mean that Barry was uh, Barry was better than Emmett, in my opinion. Yeah. Don't get me started, Emmett Smith. But um, you know, <laughs> stuck, stuck around a little bit too long and broke records. But um I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Travis Kelsey isn't hands down the best tight end in the NFL, in my opinion. But I get where you're at. You're not. It's not. It's not outlandish. It's not crazy to say what you're saying. No, of right? course. You look it's at not. 2021. Mark Andrews had 107 receptions, 1400 yards, and nine touchdowns from the with, tight end with, position. With literally every snap, them yeah. looking his direction. And there's literally yeah. There's no one else that they're trying to get the ball to over there. So yeah, you're right. He gets a lot of attention. I think he's awesome. Uh, he's perfect for Lamar. And again, that's a team for me. Um, that I really think is going to make some noise this year. Yeah. Like you can't, we can't discount how much of an impact outside noise and all that other shit has on your ability to win football games and prepare every week and then go out there and execute on Sunday, right? Like we can't give credit to the teams and the organizations that do a good job of keeping that shit out and focusing on everything and then not talk about the impact it has when. That's not the case. And that 100% hasn't been the case for the uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. He felt disrespected. They felt how they felt. He couldn't even get a deal from anybody else in the league. Like, this was six months ago that we were talking about this, right? But the fact that they got that deal done way before camp, right, had a clear summer. He goes into camp. You, you, you gear in the program towards him now, right? There's no more of that tension or anything like that. And this is a guy who was a league MVP three years ago. And still one of the most dynamic players, if not the most dynamic player um, in the NFL when you talk about the two-way ability as far as running and passing. So I think that, uh, yeah, and the Ravens are another one of those teams, man. They're just kind of always there. Yeah, Bateman's going to be coming back as well. He's another weapon. He was their rookie out of Minnesota last He's year. He's always coming back. Yeah. <laughs> but he he's another <laughs> weapon. If they can get him healthy as well, that, that'll be an impactful guy. We need to we need to have a uh, always coming back all stars. You remember uh, Sean Lee used to play on the Cowboys. Yeah, always coming Lime, back. always coming back. Hey, Sean, Sean Lee will be back. He was nice though. Yeah, it was nice, but he was always coming back. <laughs> always hurt. The Kawhi, the Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kawhi. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the Kawhi yeah. Leonard. Uh, Kawhi Leonard all stars. All star all star yeah. team coming yeah, he's back. Coming back, back, man. That guy's coming back. I can't wait till he get Makai Becton. He's coming back. Wait, repeat, Nick. Repeat that for me. What What's the most important? You You can't under understate how important it is to off. You the, can't off the talk field. about how important it, how great it is the organizations that do a great job of keeping the noise out, but then understate how much of an impact it has when the noise is entering your building like that, right? So, like, we can't celebrate the fact, oh, this organization they lock down, they hunker down like the Patriots. Nothing gets in through that building, and they just execute. But 
when it does get through the building and when you do start having those problems, we can't sit up here and act like that doesn't have an impact on how you play. And that's been the case with the Baltimore Ravens the last two years. That noise is gone. Funny you say that because that's a perfect segue into my favorite storyline. Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. You know what I'm saying, Big Nick? Because you just you didn't you you just told me you can't you can't that you easiest, can't understate that, easiest, that right? easiest one. That's T Shaw's playing T ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you you said you you can't under you yeah can't no yeah that, yeah right? yeah for sure man noise especially so, when you create it yourself. So what was what was Aaron Rodgers dealing with all last year in Green Bay? You know he had one of the worst years in his career, but it's a, it was a lot of noise coming out of there, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of it was from himself. <laughs> another, another place Aaron Rodgers yes. didn't want to be. So my favorite storyline coming into the year, um, and it is a little bit of a layup, but it is the New York Jets. I'm looking forward to seeing how big of an impact this guy coming to a team that is solidified on the defensive end, what he can do. Let's talk about, before we get to Aaron, you know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about the defense for real. Opponent points per game, 18.6. That was number two in the NFL last year. Opposing yards per game, 311.1. That's number four in the NFL last year. Opponent points per play. 0.289, that's number two in the NFL this year. And if you're looking at analytics and you're a big, you you like to look at the numbers, which I do that back up some of my feelings, points per play or per snap is is something that you want to look at. For example, there's wide receiver yards off the line for every, every, every play that he's a part of. How much is he, when is he getting the ball? How often? Is he getting upfield? Is he getting yak? Is he making plays? It's that per play type of piece. Opponent yards per play, 4.8. That's number two in the NFL for the Jets last year on defense. Opposing red zone scoring percentage. So when we get down inside the 20, are we giving up touchdowns? They are not. 47.83. That's number three in the NFL. And then opposing touchdowns a game, 1.8. That's number one in the NFL. That is the New York Jets defense from last year. They don't lose anybody for the most part. They add veteran Al Woods to sure up some interior space. Adrian Amos, if you're if you're a, an OG no catch up listener or you know about the Chicago Smash. Bears, you know Adrian Amos is a monster. He's coming from Green Bay. They added him. He'll help Jordan Whitehead a ton roam and do his thing. If you remember the impact Adrian Amos had on Eddie Jackson for the Bears, you know how important Amos can be. So I'm excited to see him with the Jets. And let's talk about Sauce Gardner for for real for a little bit here, Big Nick the Quick. Sauce Gardner is the best corner in the NFL. Sauce Gardner is going to be a Hall of Famer. Oh, my gosh. Period, point blank, that's it. He's the best corner in the NFL. Sauce Gardner is the best corner in the National Football League. Period. He is an absolute lockdown, shut one side of the field. He's better than Jalen Ramsey. Don't you want? (laughs) You said don't get me started on Emmett Smith. You want to talk about a guy that you don't want to get me started? Consistently cooked. (laughs) I have never seen. We talk about this all the time. A (laughs) guy protected by all the players in the. It's yeah. This is this is where it gets kind of sticky, Nick, because. This guy is talked about from like NFL guys that are in the league, yeah, like right? He's so the like, one. who the fuck are we to say that you know they're wrong, right? So it, it it does get sticky there, but 
when I watch Jalen Ramsey, I do see a guy that impacts the game, but he he's getting he makes a lot of mistakes boomer bust. and gets cooked cooked quite a bit, especially cooked. the last few years. So DK DK put him in a blender. Yeah, I mean, yeah, ridiculous. No, and, I mean, and, like, and, if, and if you're that good of a shot, and here's the other thing, dude. Like, look, what are the premium positions in the NFL? If you're that good, you're not on a new team every year, too. Yes, this is the third team and. Well, he's getting paid a, an absorbent yeah, amount of money as well. So that's yeah. that's that's typically why guys coming down the end of their career get moved around a lot. But he's probably the most overrated corner the last two years in the NFL. Yeah. So, yes, Sauce Garner for me is the best corner in the NFL. We'll be a Hall of Famer. We'll, we'll remember as one of the best corners the league has ever seen. I'm not – this is not hyperbole for me. I that's think Sauce insane. Garner is that good. Then, of course, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Now, Garrett Wilson's going to go crazy. I had to go back and look at – we talk about Jordy Nelson and the impact Aaron Rodgers had on him pretty frequently, right? So I was digging in. I was looking at Jordy Nelson. Let's talk about some of these numbers for Jordy Nelson. He had 15 touchdowns in 2011, which is hilarious. He listened to this from 2011 to 20. 17 those are like his prime years with the green bay packers 96 receptions 73 receptions 127 receptions 150 he went 151 152 he missed a year in the middle of that injury but he went 151 catches 152 catches then he went 88 catches listen to the touchdowns 15, 7, 8, 13, and 14. Jordy Nelson leaves the Green Bay Packers in 2017 and is out of the league in 2019. He leaves Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers and he plays one more season in the NFL and he disappears. Aaron Rodgers makes that big of an impact on guys. Now, Talent-wise, when it comes to Garrett Wilson and the shit that he can do, and he's battling with Sauce Gardner, we saw the we saw the the hard knocks and everything that's going on over there. Overall, the my favorite storyline of the year is adding a guy, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, the best for me, to a defense that I just went through is absolutely lights out. And it's going to get better. Quentin Williams gets a new deal. He's only getting better. And the interior, Solo Thompson. I mean, not Solo Thompson, Solo Thomas. They got a bunch of Solomon Thomas. They got a bunch of guys that are just studs. So whatever. Uh, I think that's that, that's my favorite storyline coming in. On defense, it's going to be top tier. And then you add Aaron Rodgers. That's my favorite storyline coming into yeah. the year. I don't mind it. I have no problem with it. Obviously, you know, I like to talk a lot of shit about Rodgers just because I think as an individual, uh, it leaves much to be desired. But yeah, as a quarterback, you know, I, I don't need to sit up here and, uh, and tell you how I feel about him as a player. I think that that's obviously going from Zach Wilson and Mike White and whoever else was starting games for them last year to Aaron Rodgers is calling it an upgrade as an understatement. Um, I do think there's a lot of hype around that team and depending on how they handle it, you know, we'll see. Obviously, this year, Hard Knocks has essentially been a four-hour uh, stroke fest for the New York Jets. <laughs> four-hour four hour promo video of the New York Jets. Uh, we'll say this. I don't think their head coach has looked at a playbook since he's been in San Francisco, so we'll see how that goes. He's very, very much a rah-rah guy. Uh, very much comes in, 
tells you some stories about Vikings in the 1600s and different things like that. A lot of <laughs> a lot of big stories and all that. And we're we got to fight and claw. He's like uh, he's like Pacino in any given Sunday. <laughs> On this team, we fight for that inch. He's he, like one of those type guys. The, the TED Talk thing was pretty funny. He's a TED Talk. Yeah, he, gives, he comes out and gives TED Talks. But um, either way, yeah, man, obviously that defense was great last year. Um, you're adding in Aaron Rodgers. Um, you got to go through the gauntlet that is the AFC. But I think, you know, their division is very winnable. I think that Buffalo, when you look at that division, if you want to look at a team that I think could regress, it's the Buffalo Bills. Um, we talk about these windows in the NFL. And another guy, it's like, hey, Von Miller's coming back. Look, Von Miller won a Super Bowl with fucking Peyton Manning 10 years ago. Like, this is the NFL that we're talking about here. Talking about a guy coming off of ACL. He was awesome before he went down, though, sure, to Buffalo. But he's on the wrong side of 30, and he's coming off a knee injury. Like, father time is undefeated. He's an edge rusher. Yeah, and he's an edge rusher, right? So you're banking on a lot of different things um, for that team. And again, like, you know, th- th- those windows kind of get, get closed pretty quickly. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see them take a step back. Um, so I think it's a very winnable division for them. And then, you know, obviously then you got to get through the rest of the AFC. But, yeah, I'm not down on the New York Jets at all. I think that's a safe pick. Obviously, you were going to go there. <laughs> I said favorite. Fucking, it's just my favorite. Clearly, Sean's been watching Get Up, First Take, Fa- and every other no, show no. where <laughs> half of the content is on the New York Jets. <laughs> no, it's my hey, – and I'm living in New York. I want to definitely yeah. get to a game. So I'm looking you got your forward jer- to Have you that. ordered your jersey yet? How much Jets – how many pieces of Jets memorabilia do you currently own right now? I want to know. You, see, you don't see – you see any Jets on the board? Yeah, but here, let's look – come on, man. Have you gone down Fifth Avenue and get yourself a little like uh, – get yourself a Jets jersey? Where do they shop? I don't know. I don't know anything about New Fanatic. York. Fanatics, you go, fanatics. Nah, man, I don't yeah. have no jet stuff, man. I, I'm you not will. going that far, but yeah, you will. You had a Rogers jersey. You had a Packers Rogers jersey. For those that don't know, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen. It's just like it's the facts. It's the facts. You know what I'm saying? No, so, I like what, it, what man. If... I'm with it. I like it, man. I'm excited about it. Look, anytime. Look, it's fine. And as great as a Bears fan, it's great too. Get that man out the division. So I'm yes, fine with facts. it. Bro. It's a good, good pick. Solid, man. We'll see what happens there. They do have some questions, though. It's not all it's not all peachy out there. Offensive line is some questions. Um, some of those defensive stats, yeah, they were. I know a lot of games they did play close, but they were also getting killed in some games. So teams are kind of running the ball on them later on. That might kill some of your yards per play type uh, type situations because you're not really yeah, well, worried you're about teams, this team. Yeah, teams didn't need to be aggressive against. Yeah, them you're not worried team. about this team coming back on offense and scoring on you. So you can play a much more conservative approach to offense just to kind of win the game, sure. right? So I think that 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 would be the only stat would be like that yards per play. When you said that, I'm like, yeah, but are we running in the fourth quarter a lot on this team and just kind of wasting out clock? But everything else, defense is absolutely legit. Sauce Gardner's legit. Garrett Wilson's legit, and he was legit with trash throwing the ball to him at quarterback. So yeah, I'm with it. Let's do it. Talk to me about your sleeper coming into the 2020 season. Staying in the AFC North, I think a story that's not getting enough attention to maybe because people don't want to talk about it, you kind of can't talk about it, I guess, is Deshaun Watson. Um, I think prior to everything happening and everything that was his fault happening, Deshaun Watson was a top five quarterback in the NFL. If you look at Deshaun Watson's last year in Houston, remember, this is the year after they traded DeAndre Hopkins. The Texans were terrible. They were 4-12, and but Deshaun Watson threw for 4,800 yards completed 70% of his passes and threw for 33 touchdowns, right? If you look at the prior two years, 60 touchdowns um, before he got suspended, Deshaun Watson was absolutely one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We talk about noise, like I talked about with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. There is no more noisier situation in the NFL than the Deshaun Watson situation. You're talking about during the suspension, even going into camp last year, even going into his first preseason game last year. um, He had people protesting. You had all types of different things going on over there. 
Um, and he was just hadn't played in a year and a half, right? I think now he's at a quiet camp. There's no noise coming out of there. He's settled into his situation there, gotten to know his teammates. This was a solid team. They won seven ball games last year amidst, uh, in the midst of all that. They did have a pretty decent defense a couple years ago. You do have Defensive Player of the Year in Miles Garrett. You do have Nick Chubb, who ran for 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns last year. Receiving core leaves a little bit to be desired, but you brought in Elijah Moore. Um, he could be a decent player, right? Um, I just think that not enough is being a paid attention to the fact that you potentially have a guy who was one of the best young quarterbacks in the league rounding back into form on a team that's overall not that bad in a really interesting and winnable division. Um, if you kind of look at that division, all four of those teams could win it. Obviously, uh, the Bengals are going to be the favorites, but you could see any one of those teams potentially winning that division. I don't see why Cleveland couldn't take a major leap this year if Deshaun Watson gets back to 90 to 95% of the player that he was uh, before the suspension. I, I just don't, I feel like we're just kind of putting that to the side. Like this guy wasn't awesome. He's not old either. He's 28 years old, right? He's still under 30. Um, he's not coming off an injury or anything like that. It's just more that that mental thing. So I'm high on them. I'm high on the Browns. Uh, I forgot what their win total was, but I know I, I love the over on it. Um, and I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty high on them. I'm on the same exact thing. The Cleveland Browns are being slept on. Slept. 100%. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk about, let's talk about, first of all, I believe Kevin Stefanski. I'm a big Kevin Stefanski fan. I believe he knows what he's doing. I believe he plays to the strength of his teams. He, he, the, the. You saw it with Baker. Remember the Baker offense that he had? Yeah. You're not doing anything. Chubb gets him the rock as much as possible. Yep. Obviously the question here is Deshaun Watson right around plus 400 to win the AFC North. I think that's a good number. Plus 115. I looked at this morning to make the playoffs. I love that. Take yeah. that. Take that. I will have a ticket on the Cleveland Browns to make the playoffs at yeah, plus 115. I, I'm going to sign, sign up for that one. Right I like that time. slip. Also. What was the win total to? Was, was it eight or nine? I, I, have to, I, I don't have the win. I don't want to say the wrong number, but I don't have it. I, don't, I didn't look it up before I hopped on. But I would guess it's around nine and a half. Let's talk about, if we're talking about the AFC North, we have to talk about Joe Burrow, right? Nine this is my thing with Joe Burrow. He gets he pulls up with the calf injury. If you go look at the video, he's already wearing a sleeve on this calf. I don't know. Let me be clear. I don't have any inside information on Joe Burrow's calf and what he did or did not do. He was trying to keep that calf warm, that leg warm, that plant leg proper. He pulls up and they have been very coy. Taylor has about when he's going to be back, how good he looks. Is he going to be 100% week one? He didn't play any preseason. He just, I don't, we don't know. Coming into the year, that's something I want to keep an eye on. If, if that, that injury seems like it could be a lot more serious than we are being led to believe. And especially in week one here where they play the Cleveland Browns. I will be on a teaser on the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to tease the Cleveland Browns up to eight and a half, and I'll probably connect them, pair them with the Steelers, move that up, the commanders down to minus one. I think Tampa Bay is going to be absolutely brutal. I think another play, if you really believe in the Chicago Bears, 
is to take the Bears in week two right now before we see week one. I think that line is right around minus one or minus two in that game. I'll be down there in Tampa Bay for that. But, yeah, I think the Browns are a very interesting team. Let's talk about Amari Cooper. Go ahead. I was just going to say, before you get into Amari Cooper, it's a spooky division as well, right? Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers won nine games last year. Do you know how many passing touchdowns they had as a team? I actually don't. Ten. This is this might be the best Mike Tomlin stat and all the Mike Tomlin stats you could pull out. They had 12 passing touchdowns as a team in one nine football games. So, one more time. There are 17 games played. They had 12 passing touchdowns in a passing era in the NFL and won nine ball games with a rookie quarterback and Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, no, so, it's in if this team gets slightly better this year, right? And you know where we you know where I'm at on Tomlin. I think you're in the same place. Like we we this guy, we want to talk about culture and noise and all that. It, none of it doesn't get in there. Twelve passing touchdowns, nine wins is probably the craziest stats I, stat I've ever heard in my. Entire. What did you say? What's the best coaching performance in the NFL of all time? Is having a a keeping a B. Oh, keeping a B. and Le'Veon. He had a B. and Le'Veon Bell in the same <laughs> locker room. They're winning twelve ball games. <laughs> You see what's happening? Have you seen, have you seen AB? <laughs> Come on, he God. kept AB and Le'Veon Bell under wraps and were, had them game. playing top top football, top football in Pittsburgh in the same locker room. With, AB with, and Le'Veon Bell with a half dead Ben Roethlis. Ben Roethlisberger was dead the past three years of his dead. Yeah, but back when back when Le'Veon and AB were running yeah. around, they were yeah, was nice. he was still but there. But. Either way, I mean, just so when we talk about this, you got it. And everything we've been hearing about Pickett is he's been awesome in camp. They really trust him. He was an older guy coming in, right? So like some of the, some of the problems that they had last year, they'll work on that. They've reinvested in their offensive line. Um, there's no reason that this team can't make a leap. So I know a lot of people will look at the Bengals and be like, "Oh, that's easy, right?" Like, no, this division is open. Any one of these four teams could win the division at the end of the year, and I would not be surprised. Like, there's no there's no trash in this division for me, especially, I mean, the worst team had seven wins last year, and that was the Browns, and that was dealing with everything they dealt with. Again, the Pittsburgh Steelers won nine games while throwing 12 passing touchdowns and 14 interceptions. In a, in a tough-ass AFC. In <laughs> a tough AFC. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's, it, 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 it's crazy. Shout out Lobo's fantasy football. Then this is where I pulled this Deshaun Watson number from 2018 to 2020. He finished as a top five fantasy quarterback every year that year. And during that time when he had DeAndre Hopkins, he he had a hundred, he averaged, this is per year, 157 targets, 111 receptions, just under 1400 yards and eight touchdowns a year. So when Deshaun Watson is locked in and back to full go, he finds his number one guy, and that number one guy is going to be Amari Cooper. He's going to he's trying to be the set, he's trying to go for back to back thousand yard receiving years with Cleveland. That never happens there. So Amari Cooper is a guy that you also want to look to because if Deshaun Watson is the guy that we think he is, and is coming back and is, I don't, I don't even know if he needs to be the the all pro that he once was. If he's above replacement level top 15 guy i believe the cleveland browns are very very good they added some defense jim schwartz is now the defensive coordinator over there and like jim schwartz or not he can put together a little d when he went to detroit 
they yeah. they got a lot better on defense. He was the defensive coordinator in Philly. They were good there. So defense Jim Schwartz can put together a defense. He's now in Cleveland with Stefanski. They have Watson now, second full year. Let me ask you this, Nick. Where where do you think mentally Watson is? Is it less pressure? Is it like, okay, I got that behind me now. Yep. I have the money. I'm the highest guaranteed contract in NFL history. Or would you lean that he's on that, man, I really got to come in here and show that I'm still that guy and he's feeling that pressure? Or would you say he's a little more loose, like, yep, I got my money. That shit's behind me. Let's just go play football. I think he's. I think it's a mixture of both, right? I think he wants to reestablish himself back to where he was. Right, which again was one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL, especially for a younger guy. But I think it's also like, okay, I'm settled down. I'm not dealing with all the noise. Because even go back to prior before the the stuff that happened, um, as far as the massage shit, he wanted to get out of Houston. <laughs> this all started when he requested a trade from the Houston Texans at the very yeah. beginning of the offseason, right? Before anything else happened, then the lawsuit came, and then that turned into a whole nother thing. But prior, so there was noise for a while there. He wasn't happy in Houston before they traded him. He had requested a trade before this all came out, right? Um, so, yeah, man, I think that there's a lot – there's a bit of pressure off, man. There's a, there's a bit of carefree that he's going to play with. He's settled into the situation. Again, he's not the story. No one's really paying attention to it. No one's really talking about it. There's eight other QB storylines that have been covered more than the Deshaun Watson alcohol return this year. Because last year, I mean, what he set out the first four – four, four, was the first four or first eight um, of the season, right? So, I mean, it, yeah. it, that shit – yeah, I think he's I think he's gonna be relaxed but motivated. Because he relaxed, wants to get back to where he is. Yeah, it's not yeah. like he's like, Oh, I signed this deal, I'm good, I'm just gonna chill. I think when you were playing at the level that he was playing at, remember this guy's a competitor. We go back to college, he's used to competing for winning things, right? So um I, 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 I'm I'm very, 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 very high on him, and I'd be shocked if he looked like he looked last year. He was brutal last year. Brutal, brutal. But I expect <laughs> I didn't expect him to be good. I think that that was a tough situation to play in. You missed it was a, maybe it was six games that he missed. But I mean, you're coming in in the middle of the year. Yeah, it's just it was a tough situation, man. Okay, before we get over to Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffs, go Buffs, we coming. Let's talk about where Wait, we're. What was at your uh, What was your storyline? My your my sleeper was the is the Browns as well. That's what oh, I was, was. getting into. Yeah, uh, I like yeah, them okay. to make the playoffs at plus one fifteen. The right around plus 400 to win the division, I think, is very there. If Deshaun Watson shows up, that's the big question. If Deshaun Watson shows up and is in a top 15 quarterback, I think they are extremely competitive in that division. And I believe that we might not see 100% Joe Burrow till week three, week four of the season. Yep. And that's and by an that issue. time, that division could be a mess. And that's an issue. So we'll, yeah. we'll see how that shakes out. And we know that also Cincinnati is very delicate with their guys. If you remember last year, Jamar Chase was injured, yep. was 100% cleared, said he was healthy, full go. Cincinnati held him out for an extra game before they added him back into the mix. They're not going to mess around with Joe Burrow. So I could see him coming back week three, week four, and maybe Cleveland not where come you, back, but be 100% Pittsburgh? week three, week four. And then Cleveland could be feeling good. I think just the prices are mispriced. I think plus 115 to make the playoffs is really interesting. That division is going to be a lot of fun. I was going to say, where are you with Pittsburgh? Yeah, I like. Is Pittsburgh. it hard? Is it? You just can't really. Yeah, you can't really it's, go against them. Yeah, it's it's. I listen. Last year, I was very bullish on television about this is going to be the first year Mike Tomlin that isn't over 500. 
not possible. I just there was no well, first of all, coming in, I knew okay. everything about Mr. Trubisky. From <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So people that didn't know, I was trying to like explain to them what what time We've it was. We've been here before. Yeah, I've seen this movie. Like, yeah. what I don't care what they're telling you about him at camp and him coming out of this and doing this and in meeting here, meeting there. He's not that man. So I was very bullish on them being bad. And they Mike flipped, pulled the hook quick. They they come they came off Trubisky in what week three? Yeah, Tomlin doesn't fuck around yeah, with that. So <laughs> hey, listen, this ain't it. <laughs> it was very, I don't care what y'all paying this yeah, man. This ain't it. <laughs> this is not the answer. Yeah. So he was very quick to to get him out of there. So it's hard to say, man. But everything, every article, every tweet, every podcast I've heard, read about Kenny Pickett is he looks like phenomenal. Top. Yeah, George Pickens too. A lot of George, yeah, a lot of George, George Pickens. Pickens is, Pickens is that guy, of course. Yeah. But am I Ward? You yeah. got you got studs on defense. You got you got guy. Not Ward. I'm sorry. Watt. Yeah. Watt. TJ is still there. The, they the, yeah. So Shout you know. Hines Ward. But yeah, Shout out Watt. Hines Ward. Shout out Hines Ward. Georgia Bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> Dog blocker. Oh. Shout out Hines Ward. Shout out Hines but, Ward was cold. Yeah. But let's let's close out this NFL segment with where are we with? Where are we at? Let's talk about we gotta talk about it. Justin Fields. What for you, Nick? His passing yardage is right below 3,000 total. He's right down there with Anthony Richardson, whose line passing yard line <laughs> in Las Vegas is 2,800 yards. I mean, folks is gonna struggle. What do we think? And where are we at with Justin Fields? What makes it a successful year? What do you want to see? Let's put it on wax. I just want to get to Sunday at noon. That's it. I I don't. I, it, it, it's hard for me to sit here and be like, this is what I expect. This is what I think I'm going to see, especially statistically. I couldn't give you any type of indication of what it's going to look like statistically because you can't really take last year and be like, yeah, it's going to continue from that. I would highly doubt that he rushes for 1,200 yards again. And if he does, I think we're in a bad situation. Because I would like to see the team take a step forward offensively. And I think a lot of those yards last year is because, honestly, there was no one to throw to or the pocket was breaking down. So I don't really want him running for his life. Um, it's tough to say, man. I, I want to see. But some of the things that we did see last year, we saw the Chicago Bears score points. Like, we could talk about all this other stuff. He didn't throw the ball well and his completion percentage. And he has more turnovers than anybody over the last two years. There were games last year where the Chicago Bears were scoring 30 points. And I haven't seen that in a long time. So my expectation is for him to lead an offense that's able to put points on the board, man. My expectation for him is to, to be able to take some of these weapons and these improvements, right? Because I do believe in the, in the talent they put around them, whether it's the upgrades to the offensive line, whether it's bringing in DJ Moore, whether it's the, built, the, the bond that he built with Cole Komet in the second half of the year in which Cole Komet had seven touchdowns. Um, that's what I'm looking for. So statistically, I got nothing for you. Even win-wise, I don't really have too much for you. I just want to see progress. But I want to see real progress, right? Like last year, we wanted to see, okay, can this guy handle being a starting quarterback in the NFL? And I feel like we did see that. I want to see real progress, right? I want to see some of the stuff that I see from other teams when I watch on Sunday, right? I want to see an offense that can consistently put up points. I want to see a quarterback that's dynamic and that's a threat and that people are scared of. But statistically, I got nothing for you, man, I think it's just all over the place because we haven't really seen him operate as a passer with a comp with competent weapons around them at all in the NFL. Yeah. I just want to see command. Just command of the offense in general, where to, where he thinks he should go with the ball, telling people what to do that confidence in the pocket, 
I just want to see command and and getting rid of the ball quicker. Yeah, well, that's just that's just knowing where that's to go man, with it though. before. Yeah. You know what I mean? So th- that's what I want to see from Justin Fields. Now, my leash is honestly, Nick, for me, Justin Fields can play all sixteen this year sure and can. throw one touchdown, yep. and I I want Love him you. at the court. He's he's week one starter. It's, it's a full year leash. Yes, this is a full year leash for me. Yep. Now, a lot of people don't agree with that. A lot of people, if he struggles, and he can't, he can't <laughs> throw the ball. <laughs> shout out my man. So Yo, I shout you. out my man. Hey. man is going to win a Super Bowl. I already gonna, told you. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell Badget. you. We're talking about, what's his first name? Tyler, I'm assuming. Tyler Badger. <laughs> looks like a ba- Tyler Badger. And we're going to know his name shortly. <laughs> I, I really believe that. Yeah. It might not be. Hopefully, it's not with Chicago. But No, nah, he's cold. Tyson, he had command. Tyson, when, Tyson, when you saw him Tyson. play in the preseason, he looked confident. He knew what he was doing. Absolutely. He had command. So that, that's going to be interesting. But and shout out Poles for coming off a guy that you had. I mean, PJ Walker, we have seen him play in the NFL. Nathan Peterman, it's been terrible. But those guys have started football games in the National Football League. You decide to go with a second round pick. That says a lot to me. I'm sorry, second round pick. Undrafted D2 guy. Um, that says a lot to me about Poles. That's like, yeah, PJ Walker, you started last year. Peterman, you started. Several times throughout the last few years, no way we're going to go after this. This is the guy that we want. That says a lot to me about uh, about the control that Poles has within the organization because you pretty much burned up a couple million bucks on PJ Walker. Yeah, no, that's exactly what you did. Yeah, you threw it out the window. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with it, man. I'm all, I'm all about eating mistakes, man. Early. Yeah, that's like a big thing in betting too, man. Just eat it. Just don't eat it. don't just eat don't, it, don't, bro. Don't double don't down. Chase it. Don't, don't chase double it. Don't double down. Just eat it. Just eat it and yep. come back another day and yeah, keep 100%. rocking. If you start, Don't if you fall can get to the chase, if you can get yourself to just try to get out of L's and accept the L's early, you'll be a lot. You'll set yourself up for a lot better. You're, you're setting yourself up to be in a better position okay. going forward. Now let's talk about Justin Fields and rushing the rock. Last year, 160 carries. Listen, man, that shit cannot happen anymore i don't care if you go and get another running back i don't care if whatever you have to do he cannot have that many carries i understand it's he's an an unbelievable weapon but let's talk about some other guys cam newton in his career (laughs) nick in his career never went over 160 attempts like Justin Fields did last year. His highest attempts in the season is 139 in 2017. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has gone over the 160 attempt mark only once, and that was the year 2019 that he won MVP. 176 attempts for 1,200 yards. And if we're being honest, he wasn't getting hit like that, Lamar. Cam Newton's 130 carries around that number pretty frequently in his career was taking big shots. Lamar Jackson was breaking people off and getting out of bounds, shaking people and getting. He, I don't know. He he did, he's not a, he wasn't a big get get down guy, but he was never getting hit square. If you could pull up a clip of Lamar Jackson getting cracked, you let me know because I've yet right. to see one. Justin Fields is more Lamar Jackson than Cam Newton. 
I think he's that fast. I think he's that versatile. I think Justin Fields might be one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Yeah, Cam was different. Cam was just more like, yes, he was fast, but he was also like 6'5", 250 nah, pounds. Yeah, it was just like yeah. it was – but he wasn't like take off and run. That wasn't what he was looking to do all the time for sure. I guess what I'm getting at is last year Justin Fields had 160 attempts. Cam Newton never had that. And yeah. it's a consensus that Cam Newton's career got shortened by the amount of hits he took rushing the football in the NFL. If we want Justin Fields as Bears fans to be the quarterback of the next 10, 12 years, he has to have more like 110 attempts, just over 100 attempts. And if we want to win and be impactful in the NFC, he needs to be throwing that thing down the field. So where am I at with Justin Fields? Final answer is that I just want to see improvement with him throwing the rock up the field. I'm very confident also that that Matt Nagy calendar doesn't count. Nope. I don't want to hear about that calendar at all. This is his second year in the offense under Eberflus. Flus. So that that that's what it's about. For sure. Command improvement, throwing the rock downfield. Only now, one quarterback had more rushing attempts than Justin Fields last year. Who was it? You said one quarterback did? Yeah, I was shy. I didn't surprise. I didn't realize. Oh, that. Mariota. Nope. Mariota rushing attempts. He was quit on the team in like week eight. No, it was like week thirteen though. But uh, yeah. rushing attempts more than uh, Fields. There was one quarterback. He had way Ooh. less yards. Jalen Hurts had 165, oh, 165 yeah, that, rushing attempts. Yeah. He wasn't Josh taking Allen no shots. Josh Allen had one hundred and twenty-four. That's a story for a whole another day. That, but that, that, that is a that's that is a whole. Not, that is that's awful. a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that forever, but that just shouldn't be happening at this point. But yeah. But yeah, man, this is a, a lot more time for Justin Fields <laughs> under Luke Getze. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does under that offense here in year two. But I, the leash for me is still very long. I think there's a lot of runway for Justin Fields to get better. But this is the issue really quick. Last point I'll make. But this is the issue, Nick. You start to get media pressure when you don't fire the coach the year you get the guy. Because then he plays him and that counts against him. People hold that year of him being in the NFL against him when Matt Nagy it, it was, wasn't, a, wasn't a good NFL head coach. Yeah. So some people hold that against him. I don't. We'll see how it shakes out. Big Nick, my, quick. My, my concerns with the Bears, yeah, I mean, obviously we can talk about fields and all them all day. My, probably my biggest concern, that, that defense looked terrible in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, if we're being honest, you can go back to the, Malik Willis was driving the field on uh, the Bears defense. It's a young unit. Yeah, so I'd be more worried about that. I mean, I believe in Flus and some of those guys, but yeah, I just I uh, I think the Bears are going to be in some shootouts. That's why, from a record record standpoint, I don't really expect too much. Uh, but like you said, man, command can field get the ball out early. Some of that stuff we saw in the first half of the year. I mean, we can go back to that episode where you and I were out on fields. We were there. We were almost there. He couldn't he couldn't hit his yeah. receiver on a, a running back on a screen. In the yeah. backfield, and we were like, "Oh man, this is bad, right?" This is and starting the to get out of the year. Yeah. He really flipped. Really, in the middle of the season, he had a run of uh, of some crazy games. I will say this, bad, but yeah, if it starts to get the the in that situation where he is making the right reads, he's going through things, and he's Can't missing wide open people. Because there was a time where Trubisky looked like he had shit under control. He just couldn't hit anybody. Couldn't hit anybody. It's like this dude is fucking missing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like back shoulder, whatever, wide open guys getting yeah. overthrown. So that 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 could get 
a little spooky. I think Justin's talented, man. I, I am a little biased. I'll admit that. But I do think he has it. I was looking at some old Ohio State tape of him throwing the ball upfield. If, if he knows where to go with it and he's confident where he has to go with it, he can get it there. So I forget who it was. Someone said when the Bears drafted Fields that like the difference between Fields and Mitch is that Justin Fields is an actual quarterback. Like he's been a quarterback his whole life. He's a quarterback. Mitch Trubisky has just always been the best athlete wherever he was. So it's just like, yeah, give him the ball, have him play quarterback. But he was never an actual quarterback. You know, he never looked comfortable as a quarterback. Wasn't great at UNC. You know what I mean? Couldn't even at the thing he not win the job as a sophomore year. He got beat out by another guy. Yeah. Um, so like it was just he was never really a natural quarterback. It was more like this guy's a crazy athlete, just give him the ball out in the middle of nowhere in Ohio. Whereas Justin Fields has always been a quarterback, right? So you kind of you kind of rely on that stuff. So you hope that when it does slow down, he goes back to those quarterback instincts. Because shit's been fast in the last couple of years. You're giving him no protection. There's no one to throw the ball to. You have a head coach that didn't believe in him his rookie year and didn't want to play him, would rather play Andy Dalton. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's he's had a lot noise. Noise, quiet it down. So I'm happy. Big with it, man. Quit. Where are you at with Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys? Let's just and then, and then we'll get on to Dion. This thing, I think this is a end. fun free, conversation. Free Dak, free Dak. It's clear that. The, so here's the thing, man. I don't, if I'm Dak, I'm not worried about Trey Lance. I don't, part of me doesn't have a problem with them getting Trey Lance. You can get him for a fourth round pick. And this is a guy who was a third pick in the draft a couple of years ago. So there's obviously some talent there. I want to talk about that, by the I, way. But I'm tired of hearing about that shit. The third about, pick in the draft? No, yeah. no, just about no. where you were picked in the draft, period. For sure. Either way, but from a it's just either way, what that means for me is that people had evaluated him high. Now, obviously, what we've seen in the NFL in his small sample size isn't that great. Um, but the whole thing, like, should this worry Dak this year? There's no way Trey Lance is beating out Cooper Rush as the backup. We saw Cooper Rush play good football last year. So is there anybody I'm worried about if I'm Dak Prescott? It's Cooper Rush, who <laughs> looks like the type of quarterback that Jerry Jones wants playing, if we're being completely honest. Let's call it what it is. Dak has never been the guy that Jerry actually wanted back there, right? For whatever reason. I'm not saying it's because of oh, that. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. He pulled He pulled Romo, bro. He, but Romo he, was done. No, but he still pulled. He, he was done. He, he pulled a man couldn't Romo hold the snap for an extra in point in the playoff game. He's cooked. He's got, you got to give him That's credit fine. for that. But, but Romo, was, Romo ever the reason we know who Dak Prescott is because of Romo literally never played. You want to talk about uh, uh, your boy Jordan Nelson never playing. Romo literally never played in the NFL after Dak took him over. It was done. Romo was cooked. He was finished. He retired, and now he's in the booth making more money. Um, But, yeah, so I, I I wouldn't worry about Trey Lance taking his seat right now. But it just seems like, man, there's a lot of noise. A lot of it's self-created. We talk about Jerry Jones always has the camera crew with him. He's always available for a soundbite. He undermines his head coach. He undermines his quarterback. It feels like every every couple weeks he has to remind everybody that he's in charge, and he doesn't have a problem doing it. Um, I just I don't I don't believe in this team, man. I don't I don't I don't understand where all the hype is coming from. I guess I do because it's the Cowboys. But to me, like we've seen Dak come up short when it matters. Right, he's gonna put up regular good regular season numbers. The team's gonna put up good regular season numbers. They'll probably score some points. The defense will look good. Trayvon Diggs will have some pick sixes. Right, that'll all be there. But when it matters, they're gonna fall apart, man. I, I just, I don't. There's something missing there, and I don't know if he's. I like Dak, man. I want him to do well. He's a black quarterback. You know, it hurts me to say it, but like, I don't think he's that guy. 
I love the Cowboys this year. I love them coming in. I know you do. These yeah, are that's the, not your NFC team. These are the spots that, as a better, you need to get ahead of the narrative and ahead of the people. I think the Jets. Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about the Cowboys. Have are have won twelve games back to back years. Mike McCarthy calling plays, like it or not, like Mike McCarthy or not, that is probably his strong suit. He def- his strong suit is definitely not managing the game. That's not game management. That's for sure. But offensively, that's that is what he does. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. We've seen it be successful in Green Bay. We've seen it be successful at times in in Dallas before. Um, well, my man's Kellen. What's his name? Kellen Moore was there calling the plays. So we've seen that be successful for Dallas and Mike McCarthy and Dak. Dak has just got to stop turning it over at the clip. And I also expect him to do that coming in. I expect Dak to have a monster year, and I expect Dallas to be very, very good, especially in the regular season. Dak coming into it, looking for a new contract. All he's been hearing about is how bad he played last year. I am very confident Dak and the Cowboys have a big year. I love them to win the NFC East. I'll take them over the Giants and the Eagles. I like Dallas a lot coming into the year. I think Dak responds and, and, and bounces back, and they have they win 12, 13 games again and are are competitive in the playoffs. If he could get some injury luck, the Dallas Cowboys out of San Francisco, out of out of other NFC teams that are that are competitive. The NFC East is kind of the NFC in general is kind of wide open. If he can get some injury luck from Philly, who was so healthy last year. San Francisco, if we can get some injury luck there, they have a really good chance of winning the entire NFC, in my opinion. Yeah. Mike McCarthy's tough to swallow in the playoffs. I will yeah, give that, you that. That's strong for me. To, when, yeah. when, when it's when it's big, when it's big decision time in the playoffs, and you're looking at the guy that's making the decisions and pulling the trigger, and it's Mike McCarthy, that is tough to swallow. But I do like the Dallas Cowboys this year to have a big regular season and to carry that through the playoffs and, ma- and make some noise. I think Dak shows up major. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they got, Dak goes down last year. They go, what, 4-1 and one under Cooper Rush? Wins against the Vikings. Just the, rost- the roster in general. The well, look, well, look, if you look at the roster, they needed a corner. They go get Stephon Gilmore. He's gonna. He's one of the best corners we've had in the, in the NFL the past five to seven years. Then they add um, Brandon Cooks. C.D. <laughs> Lamb is still that guy. The the offensive line, Zach Martin is paid. Has Brandon Cooks played for every team in the NFL. Yeah, he's good though. I know he's good, but he's just he another guy that's literally on a new team every year, puts yeah. up numbers, and it's like, yeah, we gotta get he's like, no one ever wants to pay yeah, him. Dude, but like, well, yeah. he was in Houston. He's like, get me out of here, bro. Yeah, get me I don't want to hear this. Yeah, so he was in New Orleans, he was in LA, he was in uh he's been in a few places. Tony Pollard is in his window where he's extremely good. He hasn't taken a pounding yet. He's coming off the broken leg, but the 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 non ligament non soft tissue injuries typically are are easy to bounce back from. See Paul George in the NBA, leg absolutely just shattered, but it wasn't a soft tissue thing. It wasn't a ligament thing. He's back playing call, top tier. Call him by his name, MVP. MVP Paul George. What, MVP season. My MVP season. <laughs> Paul George. So uh, Tony Pollard, I'm not worrying about coming back and being right at the top of his game like we saw last year. I'm high on 
the Dallas Cowboys. I'm looking forward to it. So, and the 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 hate and the vitriol that they get out of people is something that you can capitalize in the betting market. You have you have become. I will say this: this is one thing I've noticed from you as the gambling has really, really, really picked up. You have become so analytical that your eyes. I don't know if you're watching. I'm not trusting anymore. my eyes as much. You're not trusting your eyes in the moments, man. Like, yeah, we can pull out numbers all day. But well, watch, Nick, have they won twelve? Have they won twelve games back to back years? They have won twelve games. Have they is their roster the better than they, it was last they, year? Have they fallen apart in the playoffs back to back years? Is their roster better than it was last Does year? Their roster improve every year. Do they always have? Do they always have some splash? Okay, so the answer is yes. You're saying, yeah. Is are are the Giants going to take a step forward or a step back? I unclear. Unclear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If Would you were you... to ask me, if you were to ask me the one team from last year that had success that I'm the most uncertain about in the NFL this year, it is the New York football giants, without a doubt. So I cannot, I can't, I can't tell you anything. They could go one and sixteen or they can go twelve and five. I really, I really don't know. What I do know um uh, is the Dallas Cowboys fall apart in the playoffs, man. Hope, but hopefully that's just, hopefully, hopefully but that they don't have to play against like 49ers. A, it's such like a oh, like a like a fallacy. Not, I guess fallacy is not the right word because it is true they have fallen they apart. Haven't been but to like, an this NFC is a championship new, game in thirty years. New year, new season. Uh, it's just it's just I I, I expect different. Last conference championship game for the Dallas Cowboys is nineteen ninety five, and this is a team that every single year makes a splash. Whether it's bringing in Keyshawn, whether it's hiring Bill Parcells out of retirement. Whether it's getting Z- it, whatever it is, they always have some sort of splash, right? That makes you think, hey, this is going to be it. But for 30, and I'm not trying to do like the Stephen A. Smith, like performative thing about yeah, the Cowboys. That's what it's I mean. Factual. For 30 years, this team hasn't gotten it done. At some point, it's organizational. There's yeah. something going on there. The fish rots from the head. There's something going on there that doesn't allow for playoff success. I mean, you look at the teams they've beaten the play- last year. They beat the the, the the Bucks, who were fucking dead, dead, and then and then lost to a sensational defense to San Francisco. The year before, they lost to the Niners. One the of the best, lo- one yeah. of the best D's in the NFL. Sure, with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Um, I mean, come on, the Niners have been a machine. Yeah, they have. I'm just telling you, though. It's but you, but so have the, the so have the Cowboys that led the league in offense last year scored more points than anybody. We'll see. Stay tuned we'll see. on the Dallas Cowboys. All right, let's move over to Deion Sanders and the college. Put up, 12, put up 12 points against the Niners last year. Yeah, it's unacceptable. I will say that. Let's talk about college football. For as much, for for two guys that are not interested in, if there's one thing I'm not interested in, it's college football. <laughs> like it's it's actually kind of it, it's actually getting worse and worse as the years go by as well really especially hard. now with all the the realignment i don't even know who plays where we we, we already know about the quality the the <laughs> it's just something if you watched the Clemson, there's not enough good quarterbacks for every nfl team so you can't expect there to be a bro, bunch of good ones in college if you it's just this is what you know what it is, Nick. I think at the very bare bones of it, I like to watch the top tier of what I'm looking at. I don't like to watch the French league when right. I'm watching soccer. I like to watch the Premier League. I like to watch Real Madrid, Barcelona, 
in a couple of squads out of La Liga. So you're I'd not like signing up for the MLS pass. Messi's not moving you to get I, your MLS no, pass. No, I'm never <laughs> signing up for that. I like to watch AC Milan, Inter Milan. I, I like to watch the NFL. I like to watch the NBA. Even, Nick, even FIBA, I'm kind of like, whatever. I'd rather watch, like, the it, like I, I, I would have watched, if we weren't recording right now, I would have watched USA. Italy, but if the quarterfinal of the U.S. Open is on, I'm not watching FIBA, bro. It's sure. not happening. I like Even to watch the top top. More, more of your yes, and I love basketball yeah. way more than I'm I love you. tennis. Yep. But I'm locking into the top competition that's Absolutely. going on, and that's the U.S. Open right now at the moment. And then NFL starts here on Thursday, so it's just about watching the top quality. If you watched Clemson Duke last night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had it on the second screen i was watching i watched the u.s open all night yeah me too I watched and the i had the, i had clemson duke on the second screen i saw clemson i saw clemson in the red zone four or five times and every time i looked up duke had the ball and clemson had no no more points than they did last time i glanced at the television so but i say all that to say this I, w- I will be watching the Colorado Buffs. You're locked in. I will be watching Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffs. You see the – if you're watching on the video, you see Deion um, over 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 my – what's my – that's my right shoulder, left shoulder on the screen. But Deion, prime Deion Sanders is my guy. There is absolutely no question about that. I've always been a massive Deion guy. He goes to Texas – he goes to Colorado – from Jackson State and HBCU, brings all his luggage, as he calls it, his players, with him, tells everybody that he's going to be able to keep up with people, talks shit and backs it up, gets a massive W. I got a couple clips I'm going to show you here, Nick the Quick. Bo, how do you feel about right now? How important, first of all, how important was that win? Huge. How do you feel about the the narrative now and just the overall situation right now coming out of Boulder, Colorado? Yeah, I mean, he turned over, as I said, 90% of the roster. There's never been uh, as much turnover on Division One roster yeah, it was, as what Deion crazy when he number. got in there. It was 90% of the roster. You know, on a college football, that's like 110 kids. Uh, so turned over the roster completely, brought some of his guys with him, mainly Travis Hunter and Shadur, um, who both balled out on Saturday. Goes to Fort Worth to play against a team that was in the national championship last year, right? Really good program in TCU, a game in which they were, what, 21-point dogs? I think they were plus 800 at one point or uh, uh, before the game, something like that. It was something ridiculous. And yeah, plus 21, 800. Yeah, 21 Money line point, on the Colorado Buffs was plus 800. Plus 800, right? So 21-point dogs, a game that no one gave them a chance in, and no one would be – no one really – I'm not going to say that no one say anything if they got killed because it's Dion and people people are kind of waiting to dance on the grave. Oh my god! But they, they definitely again, what? a game that no one expected them to win and go in there and first off put up an awesome game, uh, awesome games, a lot of back and forth, a lot of fireworks. But go in there and win, man! A huge road win to kind of kick off this thing, right? Now you got your guys believing, right? All that shit you've been pumping into them all summer, all that shit you've been feeding them through the media. You got guys believing. When guys go in there and they do what you tell them to and they get a win, you know what's a lot easier? Today, when you have practice, right? Hey, remember <laughs> yes. what I told y'all? I told y'all, we're not coming, we're here, right? So 
Now, now let's lock in. Let's go do this again. We've got conference play starting in a few weeks. And before you know it, you could turn this thing around. But I think as far as just like making a statement, you know, he 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 really needed that win. I know it's about the kids. I get it. It's about the kids, about the university, about the program, all that. Dion needed that win. So now he can talk his shit. He can say, hey, I can take the team in my first game there and go and be the team who was playing for a national championship last year. So I thought it was absolutely huge. I love it. Um, you know, I did have my issues with the way he left Jackson State, but that's water under the bridge at this point. And uh, obviously, it looks like he made the right decision, man. So I, I, I'm really excited to see what he does with that program. What about? Hold on, let's talk about how he left. We know, we know, it wasn't under the best circumstances. He he kind of just packed up and did, but he did bring all his players. It, it wasn't like he left his whole roster over there and and got a whole bunch of new guys. He brought his son. He brought all the all the people that he recruited. He brought with him. Yeah. So I was actually in Jackson a few months ago, and I was talking to this dude about it, and he was like, "Look, man." He goes, "The problem with how Dion left is this is the South, right? This is the Bible Belt." He goes, "You can't come down here talking about God sent me, right? Because people down here take that shit. It is the way he goes. He goes, people down here take that shit seriously." Right, like you, it's not up north. You just throw it around like whatever he goes. If you come to Jackson, Mississippi, <laughs> in the south, yeah. and say God sent you, people believe that shit. Right, like they hold on to that. You know what I'm saying? So I think that they say when he left, it was kind of like, oh wow, I thought you were sent here by the Lord. Because again, they they really do believe it. Um, so I think that yeah, I did have some issue with that. We talked about that, right? Um, but either way, man, look, it's, is that like, Dion's fault though? If he believed that God sent him over there. I think that the whole point or, was or is it or is the or if is God the sent you, you're not leaving. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Until God tells you you gotta go to the core of it is like you were you were capping. You you lied to us. Sure. That's yeah, I think that that's what it was. And you lied to us invoking the Lord's name in mm. that part. Again, that if you haven't been to the South, it's different as far as how they view shit like that. Yeah. So I get that. And you know, whatever. But I, I have no problem with him leaving and trying to better his opportunity as a head coach. Um and man, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. That's no, a no. statement win. The big, the On biggest the thing road. you, the biggest thing you said was, if I tell you something and how this is what we need to do to win, and then we go down and get a big win, and everything, everything you said is coming to fruition. The things you said today, like you just laid out, Nick, mean a lot more. It's a little heavier, no yeah. doubt. And let's yeah. talk about some of these guys: Shador Sanders, Travis Hunter, dogs and leaders. Number three for the running back, Edwards. Edwards. Oh my God. Player. Dogs and leaders. Here's Dion yeah. talking about there's no captains on the Colorado Buffaloes. I don't have no captains. I don't believe in no captains. I believe in leaders and dogs. Every dog ain't a leader wow. and every leader ain't a dog. But he's both. <laughs> Listen, Travis, he's talking about Travis Hunter. Yeah. Travis Hunter had the D on his had the D on his jersey for dog. <laughs> <laughs> Shadur Sanders has the L on his jersey for leaders. How do you feel about that statement? Because there's a lot to that. And we could give some examples. Every dog ain't a leader, and every leader ain't a dog. We were talking about Vontez Burfick in the group chat the other Vontaze day. Dog. Oh, you should have that picture queued He's up. He's a dog. He's not a leader. Vontez Burfick, dog, not a leader. I think that's interesting. I think it gives another wrinkle to to him. It's just about not 
being like everyone else. Everybody, everybody, every team does captain. We're doing dogs and leaders. Yeah. What do you think about that statement and him, him, him laying it out that way? This is Dion's version of coach speak. Look, I, I'm, I'm, it's Ooh. coach speak. It's still coach speak. Like I love Dion, and I, I want to make it seem like he's 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 reinventing the wheel here with that type of thing, and and come with something revolutionary. It's just coach speak. I'm sure there are other coaches that have called their captain something else. That's coach speak. Come on, man. Don't 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 don't. Come on, man. You don't like you're not buying. I like it. It's cool. I think it's great. I think it's great. Why not change it up, man? If that's if it's like if that's what he feels, right? Like we don't have captains, we have leaders and dogs, then absolutely call him that. No one's stopping you. But I'm not gonna sit up here and be like, oh my god, Dion calls them leaders and dogs. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like (laughs) um, but I like it. I think it's cool. Look, man, so much of it's about culture, right? Like everywhere. You you work in jobs, you know what it is. Culture matters, man, and you gotta be able to establish your culture as a leader, if you want to get the things done that you want to get. And if you believe in your leadership style, if you believe where you're trying to take these guys, then it's on you to establish your culture. And if that's part of his culture, then that's it, right? If that makes him feel comfortable, if that makes the guys feel comfortable, if that makes the guys feel like like they're a part of something, right? And again, culture, like he's overall just putting his culture in there, then fine, man. And again, they won, so I don't really care. All that shit is great if you win. If you win, then keep it rolling. Right? Like, you win, keep it rolling, man. So I got no problem with it at all. I'm not going to, again, sit up here and be like, this is earth-shattering that he calls guys leaders and dogs. But it's cool, and it's part of his culture, man, and that's Dion. And, 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 and he's doing a good job of instilling his culture in Boulder, Colorado, with exactly what he said he was going to do. And it culminates with a big win on Saturday. And if we're talking about dogs, this guy Travis Hunter is the real deal. He was a five-star guy that went to Jackson State. First of all, that's unfucking heard of. Unheard of. He went to play for Deion Sanders. Could have went anywhere. Deion Sanders goes to Colorado. He comes with. He plays, I think he played 160 snaps. Two ways. At corner and wide receiver. Didn't look tired. Should have had two touchdowns. Made a massive pick. Ended up having 11 catches. Had a pick in the red zone. He was just an impact player across the board. Yep. Then his son at quarterback, Shador Sanders, throws for 510 yards, a school record, in the first performance he has with the club. It's just absolutely sensational. Here's Dion with Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders after the game. Coach Prime, it doesn't get much better than this. You said all along, we come in, this team is here, and wow, did you impress. How proud are you? Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful right now. My son, man. My pop right here. My son, my other son. Man, I'm loving these kids. Rick George for giving me this opportunity, man. This is a blessing. Everybody, Buff Nation, who supported us in all the hood that had my back. I thank y'all. God, this is good. (laughs) Woo! What can you tell me about your defense and the way they came up huge with that stop to get this win? They surrendered some big plays throughout the game, and we all we kept teaching was just we need one stop, one stop. But what about the offense? How did they respond? How did these guys respond? I don't know how many snaps he played, but we're going to put a hot tub on the plane for him to make sure he's straight. Hey, we're excited because we are heading to visit your home next week, Folsom Field. What is your message to the fans of what we can expect from Colorado? We told you we're coming. We told you we're coming. You thought we were joking. And guess what? We keep receipts. God bless you, America. Ooh, God is good. Congratulations. Thoughts? Hey, love it. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Great. Oh, you you hating on Dion, I think, a little bit. You, I, no, you, I actually love it, bro. Game. I was literally about to say, what was that statistic? They're 0-27 against ranked opponents on the road since 2002. 
Was that the number that they flashed in the beginning? That that's incredible, man. I'm not hating on Dion at all. What are you what do you want me to say? <laughs> I've been listening to Dion, bro, I've been listening to Dion talk since 1989. Like I'll I, say this. I, I let me let me I, I'll say this I, and I'll keep it a beat. This is this is something I haven't heard yet. I think that was the most telling interview I saw of Dion throughout the weekend. He had some time to think before he jumped on Pat McAfee and starts telling stories about this, that, and the third. That interview after the game, for me, seemed like Dion was a little relieved. Like, I maybe I actually, maybe we actually can do this. And believe it or not, Dion, just like anyone else, there was times he was sitting by himself like, man, yeah. I hope this shit works out because yeah, sure. this shit is I'm going to catch a lot of backlash if it doesn't. So, of course, anytime he's in front of his players and in front of the media, it's big bravado. It's big talk. We come in dogs and leaders. But I can guarantee you there was times where he was sitting by himself or he's sitting with himself. his close homies yeah. and yeah. was like or he's with his wife in bed talking like, like yeah, maybe man, I don't know. The, I don't like maybe maybe I bit off too much. Because that the the release there when he's talking to Jenny Tapp about just how good it is. Thank you for the opportunity. The first thing he talked about when they put a mic in his face is he was thankful. He thanked the people that gave him the opportunity at Colorado. He thanked the people that backed him up because it's been a rough stretch getting to where he's at and being on that stage to perform. Dion, that was the the most raw, pure Dion clip. He, he thanked his son for believing in the program coming. He thanked his other son, Travis Hunter, who's not his son, for believing in him, for coming with him to Jackson State, and then coming with him to Colorado. He shouted out everyone that believed in him and believed that he can get it done, and that was the realest clip and the realest audio I saw from Deion Sanders this weekend. Yeah, without a doubt. Some reason, somehow I became a Dion hater throughout the midst of all this, but yeah, absolutely. Man. Similarly I'm, I'm, I'm to how you think I'm a Mahomes. No, but that, there's actually there's about, actually substantial evidence you that you are a Mahomes hater. That's great. We know we can go we can go back you, through the film. I didn't we, know we, that. We need to get an intern. I didn't go back through the film all the time. Sean shaded shaded Patrick Mahomes. I didn't know it was coach. Sean doesn't like him, man. For, I, Dion, for some reason, wild. Sean doesn't like him, man. That should be now. Dion is coach speak. Mike Mike Tomlin is is uh is the is. Is the enforcer Maybe and the leader? Deion Sanders is, is uh is if he coach fucking, speak. if he took mushrooms Crazy. and locked locked himself in a sauna for a week, maybe you'd like him a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> no, but awesome, man. That's I, huge, yo, man. Like I said, I will watch somebody, Colorado football. Go I'm gonna tell you this. Somebody DM me the last time you heard Nick say coach speak about anybody. <laughs> Deion Sanders says something now. It's coach, coach speak. speak. That's crazy. Coach speak. All right, let's get out of here. On uh, <laughs> we got a couple more things to go through. Oh, by the way, Colorado Buffs next week yeah, at man. home against the Nebraska Cornhuskers minus three right now. Opened they opened as the underdog and it moved like man. four points. It's like the nineties bowl, man. Like the, the teams of our childhood. Yeah, Colorado yeah. Sean Salam, Tommy Frazier. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Eric Crouch. Also, if you have a, if you <laughs> if you are of well means and you have money in your pocket and you're interested in going to see college football, I would love to go see. First of all, if you've never been to Colorado and Folsom Stadium, the team has been shit for a long time. But that stadium and Boulder is awesome. I would go check that out. Nick's not a big fan of Denver, but Denver Boulder's sucks. Boulder's Boulder's sucks. a different vibe. So Most go check that city out. I've ever been to in my life. You, <laughs> Austin, Austin, Texas might be second. 
Austin, Texas is overrated for sure. Criminal, criminally overrated. Yes, no question. <laughs> no, Texas. no, no hey, doubt about it. I'm gonna go ahead and say this: like y'all can have Texas. If I never set foot in, in the in the Lone you Star State up, ever in my life, I haven't been to Dallas, haven't been to Houston, have no interest. Uh, Houston um, is. I heard Houston, Houston is, is solid, but Houston I don't. I don't right. need it, man. It's okay. Younger, younger Nick would have really liked Houston. Probably. <laughs> Okay. Maybe not now. The, nah, the Houston, okay. might, Houston might have passed you. Passed yeah, I think, I think the things point. I would want to do in Houston, I'm probably, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah. There's a few shoulder rubs. Yeah. So Houston's not bad. But yes, I, I agree. I agree. Before we get out of here, we do want to, uh, you know what? I'm going to skip that. I don't, we don't need to what? talk about Rich Paul and what he said and about mm-hmm. LeBron. We're at an hour 15. Let's get out of here on the last couple things we wanted to talk about. What are we doing in segment number three? That's what we're calling it. We're going to bring back Cornball of the Week. We're going to bring in what are we doing. We're going to bring in a couple other things for segment three. But Big Nick the Quick, when you look at the sporting world and society in general, what do you want to talk about? What are we doing? What's what's bothering you? Yeah, so you and I both talked about, uh, I think we spent the weekend watching some U.S. Open. Uh, whenever we got the chance, right? And I think one thing that stuck out to me, I texted you yesterday, I was watching the Medvedev match. And I'm like, hey, man, what are we doing with this Russian athlete thing and pretending like Russia's not a country? So if you don't know, on the ticker where they show the scores uh, during the tennis match, they always put the player's name and then their country and sometimes a flag. With the Russian players, right, namely uh, Medvedev and uh, Kasakina. Uh, two yeah. two of the best Russian players in the world on the men's and women's side, both advanced. Rublev, Medvedev. Rublev, Medvedev, Sabalenka, right? No, Sabalenka's from uh, she's from somewhere else. She's not. Okay. She's not Russian. Yeah, but <clears throat> anyways, there's several of them, right? Um, when you look at their names on the ticker, we just don't acknowledge that they're from Russia uh, since the invasion of Ukraine. I get everybody has their opinion on that. It's a horrible thing, but what what are we doing? just not putting anything there and acting like they are not from Russia. I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't get what we're trying to accomplish. I don't understand how this furthers the war effort. I don't understand how this hurts Russia at all. <laughs> other than just looking stupid and kind of petty, especially now, like a year and a half later, right? This has nothing to do with tennis. It has nothing to do with track when I watch track. It has nothing to do with any of these other sports where you've just decided to act like the, the World Cup, whatever it might be. We decide to act like Russia just doesn't exist. We're not going to lie. Marketing, though. This is why, you know what I'm saying? You know how when you see like people blur out the, the Nike sign? Yeah. Is like, it marketing you know, for when, Russia? When Jordan when Jordan blocked out the, you know yeah. what I'm saying, the Adidas that's because they, whatever. That's because he, he was getting paid a lot of money from Nike. Just pretending like these people don't exist or the country that they're from, it just looks stupid to me, honestly. Like you're going really out of your way to uh to do that and for me i just don't understand where its place is in sports or anything like that it's not like this is putin's tennis team you know what i mean it's not putin's <laughs> soccer team yeah might be it's um, part of the, what about just part of the sanctions that we're not going to show your we're rus we're not going to show rus on sunday night at fucking espn the US Open. we don't we don't we <laughs> they don't. weren't doing it at wimbledon they didn't do that wimbledon. Yeah, they don't do it anywhere they weren't doing it at the french open it's stupid to me it's stupid. I don't understand what you're trying to accomplish or what we're doing. It's one of those things that, like, it just it doesn't make sense. It's not you know, a real thing. You know what it's like? It's, it's like va- it's like vacating people's wins. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. <laughs> I, I was there and it <laughs> like, happened. I know. Yeah, I was hey. there. It happened. 
Rublev is from Russia. Medvedev was that. born in Russia. I, I know that. That's that's yes. Like... I'm aware. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, regardless of how hard you try, if you blank it out, it's not like I'm like, oh, where is he from? Reggie Bush like, won he, the Heisman. Reggie Bush won the Heisman. So that's what happened. You it, can't. It, you, it's just why? It, why it, do it we just, do it these? Is what it is. And no one in the sporting world is going to be like, I can't believe they're showing Russia on the screen. Like that's where he's from. Let him show his – it's like they can't even represent their country. It's kind of ridiculous for me. What about – just last point on this. What if it's just out of respect for, like, the people of Ukraine in that, in no. that region? No. That you, don't, say, that you don't show a Russian flag for a Russian athlete? I mean, listen, man, if we want to start doing – if we – yeah, I, listen, no, it's stupid. I, we don't even need to go there. There's, plenty of, there's probably plenty of countries that don't want to show U.S. when they're competing in their countries because some of the things that we have done. It's sure. just ridiculous. It's hypocritical. It's yeah, ridiculous. If, if you start to it's go very virtuous, like yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, if you start to really get into the, you really want to get into it. Hey, no Germany, 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 y'all motherfuckers shouldn't be able to show up at all. So there'd be no, there'd be no flags on the on no, the board. No German flag, a hey, center. No, no flags for you. Let's go back to what things. Like it's just like we can go on forever. Right. It's That's stupid fair. to me. It doesn't accomplish anything. It's dumb and it's bringing um that stuff into sport, which you know, I don't need. What are we doing calling college football week one, week zero? <laughs> <I don't, laughs> listen, <laughs> this is partly why co- college sports, I just don't understand the, the I just, it, it doesn't make sense. Nothing about, nothing about college football <laughs> makes any sense to me. And the more we go on, the more I want, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't deal with it. You've said it before. It's, it's all a lot. It's all pageantry. It's just pageantry. <laughs> you take tailgating away from college football, it's, <laughs> it's, it's zero. Band, take the band and the tailgate away. I would never go. Why would I ever? Why you think this I has anything to do with the fact that, like, yeah, we went to a, a power five school and all that, but, like, football was just kind of for tailgating. It's like no one really cared on an ASU campus about the team as much. Like, we didn't go to Georgia. We didn't go to yeah. Alabama. We didn't go to Ohio State. This yeah. wasn't, like, in our blood. I think part of it too is just my deep hatred for the NCAA and how that whole thing just works. It's, you feel dirty watching. It still it. works. It's very dirty. I feel very dirty, dirty business. It. I've always felt dirty watching the NCAA. But let's be serious here. I don't care when you start, but if you start and there's 50 schools playing, it's fucking week one. It's week one of the college football season. Week zero. What, what does that even mean? What, what, what do you mean week zero? No, it's the first week of college football. If you don't play that week, that's fine. You're starting your season on week two. Week zero. Week zero. Like what? Like who is making? Who is coming up with this stuff? Is what I don't understand. Yeah. So that's what are we? What are we doing? It's like marketing department week somewhere. Week zero. Yeah, it's a marketing. It's a preseason. I don't know what it is, but no, nah, man, it's week one of the football year. Your team didn't start that week. Your team started week two. That's not it's not week one. Week week zero. Week zero. Yeah, come on, man. We're all locked in for week zero. <laughs> what are we talking about? So, so technically, yeah, yeah. That's it's that's ridiculous. I didn't even know they called it that, but it makes sense when you think about college shit because that's right. just a it's a very it's college, college thing, thing in the world to do. Yeah. When you guys start a oh, week zero is next. Week zero. Yeah, week, week zero, zero we got Colorado. Yeah. What? Is, <laughs> <laughs> what? I want to go back to that week zero victory that we had. (laughs) Oh, do you go to week 
10 and then the other team goes to week like yeah so nine for us it's week 10 for you we didn't yeah. play on zero so you only played nine weeks but you played 10 games yeah like, oh yeah it's That's a lot of shit yeah it's like, a lot what? of shit like that it's a lot of corny shit it's a lot of uh unnecessary build up around the game outside of just the game and then you get to the game I mean, listen, oftentimes these games are terrible let's just keep it real no then then it's like a it's a it's a prep game i, I yeah. also i think it's insane that teams pay other teams to come show up and play like the fact that nc the the fact that the ncaa has always been like you know student athletes first etc cetera, etc cetera. but then there's this complete subculture of like hey if you come play us we'll give you five million dollars yeah, if you come lose by 70 points yeah we'll give like you $5 million. The, the, the whole thing is just a sham it's always been a sham. Well, and then I, these schools have no choice but to do that because it's like, yeah, we'll right. go get green by Alabama for five million because that goes a long fucking way for right. us. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's the whole thing. Everything about it is just backwards to me. Which so. kind of let me ask you this on that real quick, like as a because you kind of have to do it right, but like as a coach, you almost feel like dirty, like it's like lambs to the slaughter. I'm setting, you know yeah, I mean? I'm setting my I'm boys up to get murdered. You guys against a bunch of kids that you you cannot compete against. Well, you want to maybe talk you get an Appalachian State versus Michigan every once in a while or something like that, but for the most part, you guys are gonna get fucking destroyed to start. After all this good momentum we've been building all summer, week zero, you're gonna go and get fucking destroyed. Yeah, but you want to talk about you want to talk about coach speak. This is this is an opportunity to play the best in the world <laughs> yeah, type okay, shit. Good. That's you think that's, guys in the locker room like yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that is the <laughs> ultimate. That's the ultimate coach speak yeah. opportunity. You get. Do you know how many kids would dream to get an opportunity to go into Tuscaloosa and play the defending national yeah. champions? Fuck. You know how many teams would want to go into Athens and week. play Georgia? If you think you're an NFL guy, well, these are NFL guys. You're about to play them. Let's see what you're made of. That's yeah. That's a perfect coach speak opportunity. Yeah, through and through. So yeah, He's that's uh, in their weight room is our entire football budget. <laughs> but yeah, an opportunity. Like yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, it's that's the perfect, <laughs> perfect coach speak opportunity. For sure. All right, that's gonna do it for our first episode back on No Catch Up Week One Thursday. Actually, before we get out of here, what do you think about the game on Thursday? Well, give me a quick two minutes, Lions. Coming off one of their best years in the last so 20. much hype. Jared Goff, Jared Goff lot, second half of, of the year. 15 yeah. touchdowns, no interceptions, I believe. It's it's either 17 touchdowns or 15 touchdowns. It was 15 and the last eight games to none. And they were Jared six and Goff two, right? Coming down the stretch. They were sensational. Yep. Green Bay needs to get a win to get in the playoffs. Lions hold them up. But wait, 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 wait. Oh, let's, let's let's not gloss over that one. Wait, what happened again? Green Bay need a win to get in the playoffs <laughs> and they scored 12 points. <laughs> Yeah, they they couldn't the best get a quarterback of all time. <laughs> Rogers Rogers was ready to. He probably you know, he probably threw that game just to get, just to end points. that. I season. think in, the, in both games against Green Bay combined, they only scored thirty points. I mean, against the Lions combined, the Lions had historic. Like you and I could have scored a touchdown against the Lions last year. Um, but, but yeah, we won't talk about that. Going in to to Week One, the Chiefs at home opening the year. We know the banners. Yeah. Six and a always half. Tu- it's always tough to play an arrowhead. The lights will be very bright for the Detroit Lions. It was cool after hard knocks last year. You fly under the radar. You put together a great second half of the year. But you are going into arrowhead against the defending Super Bowl champions. I understand that Chris Jones uh, holdout is massive. But you're still going up against Patrick Mahomes in one of the toughest environments to play in the NFL. Um, I, I, I like the Chiefs in this game. But I, this one for me is a uh, fly away. I'm not touching anything on it. What's the, what is the line? 
six and a half. half. Six and a half. I'll leave it at this. Since 2005, favorites of six or more points in NFL Week One, 39, 51, and two. That's 43 percent against the spread. The Chiefs are minus six and a half. We'll see what the but hey, history says to take the Lions, but yeah. the Chiefs, the Chiefs are a different animal. Opening the season at home, Week One field. NFL butt betting is fucking uh, carnival. It's nasty. <laughs> It's a carnival. It's, it's just that. You don't know of, anything. A lot of stuff can happen. You, it's hard of, to go off what you saw last year with the NFL yeah. and try to apply it to this year because so there's so much turnover, so coaching turnover. It's just craziness. So, yeah, week one's fun. A lot of stuff can happen. For Big Nick the Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Go check out that Cubs vlog, man. We just did that one a couple weeks ago at Wrigley in the bleachers. Me and Big Nick the Quick had a lot of fun. I'm actually headed down to Tampa Bay for Bears Bucks in week two. I'm going to vlog that as well. Tap in, subscribe, tell a homie to tell a friend. For Big Nick the Quick, I'm your host, Sean Little. No catch on Sports on Bay Chicago. We'll see you